Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by my angry co-host, Alex. Um, he will explain for no reason why he's upset today, but we're going to record, and then we'll get this out to you as quick as possible, because I did say that episode was coming soon on Instagram and Twitter, which I never usually do that. So this time I actually did it, and this time Alex still hasn't tweeted. Three weeks. We're going on four. We're going on four weeks, ladies and gentlemen, of the next time that the episode comes out, which will be at that point episode 98, if I'm correct, of the Giant Take podcast, because this is episode 97 of the Giant Take podcast. Maybe by episode 98, Alex will tweet something. We are going on four weeks. This is the third week. I will give him four weeks now. We have two retweets, people. Very different from what he normally does. One from the other podcast he used to that you should uh, go subscribe to Talking Blues saying uh, everyone on the pitch was sensa- was sensational tonight truly European champions which I believe you did tweet and then you had to retweet it for no apparent reason and then what a feeling from the champions of Europe Chelsea FC main uh, Twitter and that was your two retweets but still not a tweet so like I said we go on four weeks but my angry, upset co-host, Alex, how are you doing? Well, I'm not doing great, but I'm also, you know, excited for today's episode. I'm here ready to vent my feelings about, I don't know what, I'm just angry, kind of for no reason today. Um, but I'm ready, I'm excited to go, I'm pumped up, my adrenaline's high, and uh, I am luckily here after the Champions League final, which was for Chelsea, obviously, and if we had lost, I would not be here, so you're lucky, I'm still here. Um, and I'm very excited to get talking about some Giants stuff um, because, you know, training camp's coming soon. Not really soon, but soonish. Uh, and, you know, we got some we got some previewing to do for the next season uh, and some kind of recapping of the off season as well. Um, and obviously continuing to cover what's happening in the off season. But, yeah, there's a lot to talk about today. We're going to be doing our power rankings Um, which we did last, I guess it was probably, I don't know when exactly, but probably around a year ago, uh, probably more towards into the summer, I'm guessing. 
and uh, it'll be some fun to see where we have each team, and we're not going to spend, like, oodles and oodles of time. I know last year, when I uh, took, a, a, like, a sneak peek at our old one, it was like we would ex- spend, like, 20 minutes on each team. It was ridiculous. So we're not going to bore you to death, um, because obviously, if you're listening to a Giants podcast, you obviously have some knowledge of all the NFL teams, uh, and, you know, we don't need to explain it to people like they're little babies, uh, like we did last year. But, yeah, I'm excited to get into it, but we still have some Giants stuff uh, a lot of giant stuff to get into first. Yeah, for some reason, everything just clicked today. It was like we, we don't have, you know, it, it was like we only have OTA to talk about. And then, boom, I just start, like, putting stuff in the dock, and I just didn't stop. So we have a lot of stuff to cover today, like a lot, a lot of stuff. So we're going to have to get through everything. Uh, Alex, it was May 16th, 2020. Um, so that's interesting. Not closer towards the summer. We're closer now doing them. Uh, but obviously, we'll get to your giant stuff first because this is a Giants podcast. So we're not going to have your NFL stuff go first, your NFL power rankings. We're going to knock all the giant stuff out of the out of the way. Um, and then obviously, we'll move into the other stuff that we have to talk about today uh, when it comes to our NFL power rankings. I guess we'll start out with the, um, the three biggest. This is the question that I wanted to talk to you about, Alex. Last year, it was kind of like four, three or four positions that we, we knew what this roster was going to look like. It was three or four positions that we were like, okay, here we are. There's probably going to be some competition here. One guy's going to get cut there. We might want to hold on to him. But it was kind of set in stone. We kind of knew what was going on. This year, I'm not going to lie, the Giants are pretty stacked at every position. Obviously, there's always some stuff you can build on when it comes to positions, right? You're never fully stacked unless you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Kansas City Chiefs, which we'll get into later. Um, but I would say it's definitely a lot harder this year when we're talking about competition and training camp um, and all that stuff. So I want to go into the three. I'm looking at my doc because I want to make sure I have the question right. What are the three biggest matchups you are looking forward to in training camp? Alex, you go first. So for me, uh, I I think the main one here, the main interesting one in terms of players that may get cut, uh, the other two that I have here are just more competitions for, uh, you know, the opening games and who's going to start at what position. Uh, But for here, running back, three, uh, there's a whole bunch of different options. Obviously, in this case, you're assuming Saquon Barkley is going to be your number one. Uh, Devontae Booker is going to be your number two. And then the number three, that's where you're looking. Will it be Corey Clement? Uh, who we, you know, signed recently will be uh, Raquel Armstead. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, former Jaguar will it be him at the running back three positions, or would it, or will it be Gary Brightwell? Obviously, our sixth round draft pick, and that's going to be an interesting matchup to see. Could we go with four running backs? Possibly. Um, so you could see two of the three make it, but I don't think you're going to see all three of them make the roster. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see who survives there. Uh, and I'll go through all three of mine. Like I said, we have a lot to talk about, so I'm not going to you know, slow everything down here. Uh, my second uh, position here, this is for the starting role. Uh, Darnay Holmes, our fourth-round pick last year, played very, you know, I wouldn't say very well, but pretty solidly considering where he was picked uh, last year and got a lot of game time. And Aaron Robinson, our third-round pick, we traded up for him this year in this uh, past draft. And uh, him and Darnay Holmes will have an interesting competition there at slot cornerback, and wide receiver two slash three, uh, and obviously slot wide receiver as well because Shepard and Tony can play there. But uh, the two or the three uh, wide receivers I have here are Shepard, Slayton, and Tony. Where are they going to rank 
in that wide receiver depth chart. Like I mentioned, Shepard and Tony could play in the slot. Which one's going to play in the slot? Obviously, it'll be alternating a bit. Uh, Slayton, where will he end up? Will he be the wide receiver four or will he be the wide receiver two? Uh, and that's the big question for any of these guys. So those are my three matchups that I really like in training camp. Yeah, and Alex, I agree with you. The Gary Brightwell, Corey Clement thing at running back we've gone into already before, so I'm not going to spend so much time on that. The second thing I have is wide receivers, which you mentioned, but for me, it's more of the second-year guys. We have a few second-year guys on the Giants that could be fighting for those wide receiver positions, and I want to see who makes the the um, practice squad, who makes the team, who doesn't. Uh, and that's alluding to like Derek Dillon, David Sills, C.J. Board, obviously Dante Pettis is in a second-year player in the NFL, but is his second year with the Giants as he did join the Giants late last year, so I count him as that. And then obviously C.J. Board got a lot more time than Giants fans expected. Um, and you know that's a big one. Alex Balkman, Austin Mack, a few of those players might be gone, but I believe they're also signed with the team for as of now. Um, so yeah, those second-year guys, I'm interested in how they fit in with, like Alex mentioned, uh, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Toney, and... Um, Kenny Galladay, excuse me, our record signing over here, and Darius Slayton, obviously, as well. I feel like those four guys kind of fit in, then we'll have to see who goes on from there. But I think your argument of who's going to be the slot or the wide receiver two slash three is a big thing as well. My third one is going to be the cornerback position. Um, again, another thing that you mentioned, I feel like Adoree Jackson and James Bradbury are the definites. You have Darnay Holmes, obviously, the young player. But how is the third-round pick of Aaron Robinson going to fit here? How is... Um, Alex's favorite Isaac Yottam from last season couldn't fit in here. And how is uh, the Rodarius Williams pickup as well uh, in the sixth round going to fit here as well? So these are guys that I think are going to be big in training camp. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. But just something we wanted to cover here in the beginning of the podcast. A good question and, you know, answers that we'll have to wait to find out till the end of August and the beginning of September when the Giants play their first few games. Um, and especially that first game right at MetLife Stadium against the Denver Broncos. The next two questions, a few more questions I have here. A big question episode here on the Giant Take Podcast, episode 97. Um, and that is, so what matchups are we looking forward to in the offensive line? We both didn't mention the offensive line in our top three, but there's obviously still going to be some matchups there. I mentioned uh, previously, I think it was in the last episode, that at OTAs we have a really young offensive line right now besides obviously the veteran Nate Soldier um, but besides that really young group of guys right now um, that we look forward to uh, on this offensive line so I would have to say Matt Parrott they're looking him at right tackle but we'll have to see how he competes um, with the other players and then Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, uh, Will Hernandez especially coming back we're still waiting for Will Hernandez excuse me to have that really really good season uh, and it just hasn't come yet due to injuries and bad playing basically so you know how does that work out and then obviously Nate Soldier which is very 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 large contract how is that going to work because we're still waiting for his huge year obviously opted out last year so I can't give him you know bad bad stuff for that but how is he going to factor in and hopefully have a great season and try and fit into this offensive line yeah obviously Nate Soldier did take the pay cut uh, that really helped the Giants you know move around in free agency so that is good and we definitely uh, you know, owe him some gratitude for that. It's actually cheaper to have him still on the team than it would have been to cut him. So he did a very nice team-friendly deal there uh, with the Giants. Um, like you mentioned, Parrot Soldier, that's going to be an interesting battle there at right tackle. But I think the really interesting thing will be these two guard spots. What are you going to do there? 
Are you going to see Nick Gates move out and then maybe one of those undrafted free agent interior linemen step in? Who knows? I doubt it. Uh, assuming Gates stays at center, you're looking at two guards there, uh, two guard spots for three pretty much of the front runners. You have Lemieux, Hernandez, uh, and Zach Fulton who came in. So the other veteran, I would say, uh, NFL veteran at least, uh, you know, who's came, who came in and uh, in free agency and is the only really experienced player on that offensive line. Uh, Zach Fulton, he is the highest graded by PFF uh, in terms of all of our offensive linemen and not really great because I believe he only has like a 75 or something. So it really shows how poor our offensive line's been. But yeah, I think him, Hernandez, Lemieux, it'll be interesting to see who gets the spots for me. I think it's Hernandez and Fulton, even though they did seem to like uh, Lemieux a lot, but he didn't play superbly last season. Uh, but then you're also hoping for improvement from him. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of the matchups you're going to be looking for on the O-line. Uh, and I'll move to the next question, then send it over to Josh. So Tay Crowder or Reggie Ragland starting at left interior linebacker. Uh, so he has a note here saying it seems like Crowder's going to be the starter. And I put another note here saying that Carter Coughlin, what about him? We know he's been working with the interior linebacker group. Is he the night a good fit there? Probably not. Is he going to be the starter? Very much doubt it. Uh, but just an interesting name to throw in the mix. So what I have to say about that is I think if we're looking at left interior linebackers, Carter Coughlin's not associated with that. He is an interior linebacker, obviously. I think he lines up on the right side, um, and that's where he'll get more playing time. That's just my opinion, Alex, as you, um, you're you stretching out over there in, in the left side of the screen for me. I don't even think you noticed that. Had your hands behind your head doing the uh, resting stretches, getting your workout in. Um, all good. Well, you know, that's how we work here. Um, I would say that Carter Coughlin would be on the right side, probably behind like a Blake Martinez, obviously. I would consider Blake Martinez an interior linebacker in some cases, obviously also the middle linebacker in some cases as well. Interesting how we'll see him there. But yeah, let's. I'm going to like put that right side on its other end, um, basically just trying to take out Carter Coughlin there um, and kind of move into this left interior linebacker spot, which is the question I proposed of Tay Crowder or Reggie Ragland. And yeah, I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on if you thought maybe the veteran Reggie Ragland would start, but it seems like the Giants like Trey, Tay Crowder from last year, um, confusing uh, Trey and, and Tay Crowder with Trey Young. And um, yeah. Sounding like Dave Gettleman right now. I am. Didn't he call... Uh... Didn't he call who? What rookie did he call the wrong name? It might have been Tay Crowder. Uh, I forget from it. Was, I I well no, he said it right. I think he was like uh, Crowder. He might have said t- Crow. Well, he said it like that, but did he say like Tom Crowder or something like that? I feel like he might have said something. It was definitely one of the rookies. Oh names yeah, he messed no, up. I a hundred percent at the postseason, uh, right after the season ended, inter- yeah. yeah, the press conference. But anyway, I was I was about to say the Knicks are not back, Alex, because um, I was saying Trey. Um, and uh, it ended all in the Garden last night, 4-1. Maybe we'll, we'll get to that, uh, maybe maybe towards the end of the episode, obviously. we got to focus on Giants right now, keep my emotions inside. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think Tay Crowder starts. Obviously, it showed that the Giants and Joe Judge really had high hopes um, with him starting a little bit last year, and um, I think he'll start instead of Reggie Ragland. I know he's got the veteran experience. He's been with the Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl, I believe, while he was there. I just don't think he starts over Tate Crowder. And then, I do want to answer, you answer this question first, and then there's one more defensive question we can go to. 
Yeah, so for me, I think it's Tay Crowder. They, you know, he played well last season. I, I think he's the favorite for sure. Uh, you know, I don't know. Raglan could be in the mix there. They brought him in for a reason, obviously, but we'll have to see. Um, but I'll move straight on to the next question because I, I really like this question a lot. Where will Xavier McKinney fit in? Obviously, Jabril Peppers, uh, Logan Ryan are the main two safeties. Uh, you know, Jabril Peppers often playing at that strong safety position. Sometimes could tuck in at linebacker, so maybe that's where you see Xavier McKinney. Uh, uh, you know, just in certain uh, options there uh, because Peppers is so flexible. Sometimes you could see him even in the slot. That's somewhere you could see McKinney as well. Could he be a slot corner option on, you know, a few snaps? But I think you're probably looking at someone who sits behind Logan Ryan, uh, kind of learns from him, takes a few snaps, but I don't think he's going to be a big contributor. Um, I, I think Logan Ryan played really well last season. He's kind of the quarterback of the defense, and I was, uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his, and I think he played really well there at safety. So I don't think Xavier McKinney takes his spot. Jabril Peppers is just such a dynamic player on the defensive side that I don't think you could take him out. So I think Xavier McKinney's kind of like Julian Love, a gadget player, a player you fit in when there's injuries, when there's holes that need to be plugged. I think that's kind of his role. And we season. don't see him starting, right? No, I, I don't th- I don't think you see him starting, no. Yeah, and this is a player that could be starting quality, obviously, taking him from Alabama where he started there, and that's a humongous college. We've already talked about him, obviously, when he was drafted last season. Um but yeah, I don't see him starting. And I think that just shows the depth on the Giants right now, right? I think two years ago, you would definitely see him starting right there. Um, you know, we had we had a player in... Um, um, I have his... his the, the cornerback from Georgia, the 30th overall pick, Dre Baker. DeAndre Baker, our favorite. DeAndre Baker. Yeah, we, I was going to say, we had a player like him as like our number one cornerback at the time. So I would say we would have we had uh, Xavier McKinney starting. But yeah... Maybe he – I think he just – it's great because if, if someone gets injured and this is the NFL, right, a lot of players are going to get injured. We know this. So if a player gets injured, he comes in and he and he starts, I think, at their position. Or obviously Joe Judge and the Giants, I know they like rotations at different positions. So maybe, you know, either it's uh, two plays that he's out, one play he's in, or one possession he's out, one possession he's in. So I think it's, like, really good that we have a versatile player that can either go – uh, behind Adoree Jackson at cornerback if we wanted to play him at cornerback one time. You know, he could slot in at cornerback, not really as likely as, like you said, a linebacker kind of slotting back or a safety, obviously, uh, his main position. But I would see him behind Logan Ryan at free safety. I could see him slotting behind Triple Peppers or Julian Love at strong safety as well. And then, like you said, linebacker, um, you know, coming inside, uh, co- coming up on the play, excuse me, a little bit. I think you could see him there too. But I, I know, he. I remember we talked about he had experience at cornerback as well. If we ever needed him to play there, I believe he did have some experience at cornerback. Yeah, and the slot mainly. He never really played on the outside. Um, so that, you know, he doesn't really have experience on the outside. That's Josh's dog barking. I, I, you know, she's excited about Xavier McKinney as well. It's really an exciting player for this season because you have no idea how he's going to be used. Very good tackler. That's definitely something I remember from his time at Alabama. And, you know, I think he's going to be a really good player for us. Obviously injured most of the season last season. So it's almost like another rookie that we haven't really seen. Uh, so it'll be exciting to see what he can do. But I'm sure Joe Judge and Patrick Graham will get him involved quite a bit. 
Yeah, and I would just like to say, no, the weekly appearance, remember, I mean, I mentioned it last episode, she always loves to get involved in these giant take episodes, so she knows every time we're recording, I don't even need to tell her, I didn't tell her today, so she yeah. just decided to hop on to the, uh, to the trend and join the podcast, I'll go check that out in a second, Alex, but let me address this next point, and then you'll see me on the, uh, if you're watching the YouTube, go subscribe to the giant take, I might, uh, I'm gonna get up and go check out what the heck that is, but for right now, we're gonna we're gonna move on, and then Alex, you can talk and stall while I'm out of here. Joe Judge uh, deciding to go that the Giants will have eight days of the OTAs. Obviously, he's had a few of them already in the rookie mini camps as well. He's also gonna have three days of mandatory mini camps. So the NFL mandated that basically each NFL team is allowed to have, I think, maximum of ten days of OTAs. Joe Judge is cutting that a little bit. Um, and then obviously he's going to have three mandatory uh, mini camps. That means the entire Giants roster, unlike the OTAs, which is voluntary, and a lot of veterans don't like the OTAs and do not show up. Um, this is not voluntary. So the entire Giants roster will hopefully, right, as long as nothing's happening, but they will be, uh, they will have to come to this mini camp, and that will be hosted at the Giants facility from June 8th to June 10th. And then we also got a date for training camp which is July 27th. Obviously, the Giants do have training camp, hopefully with fans. I'm interested to see how many days. Usually, training camp, I think, is a week long, or when it comes to days, like five days that they have. in. Like, you can come and see training camp, obviously, with COVID and MetLife being at 100%. you got to hope Giants fans come. I think Giants fans will be allowed. It depends on now this new head coach of Joe Judge, how many times he wants Giants fans in the building, and I'm not even lying. He might only give everyone a day or two. Because he doesn't want them showing, and you know, showing the playbook or whatever. I'm not even kidding. I, I I don't think he's as much as he appreciates the Giants fans. Obviously, he does like the YouTube shows once a week. I know with John Schmelk, and then he also does. You know, he goes on WFAN from time to time. He's good with the fans. I think he knows what the fans want, and he's here for the fans. But I don't know if he's gonna want the fans inside their facility watching them playing at training camp. So I'll be interested. Hopefully, we can go to training camp as well, Alex. We're trying to go as much Giants organizing stuff as as uh, necessary yes yeah, so I'll, I'll do some hand movements here um but i'll i'll give it to you now um to talk for a second i'll go check on the situation with uh, amber yeah hopefully training camp will be accessible because it would be a lot of fun to go head out and you know check out what's going on there but like you mentioned joe judge is kind of a secretive guy so who knows what's going on um pff they rank giants wide receivers as 11th uh, you know, kind of interesting, you know, with Kenny Galladay, is that too high? Is that too low? We got a pretty deep wide receiver core. I wouldn't say we're top five, but I do think we're top 10. I think probably eight, nine is probably an area, uh, where you see where kind of where the Giants would be. If you're thinking about wide receiver cores that are better, I'd say you're looking at the Chiefs, you're looking at probably the Falcons at the moment. Uh, if Julio leaves, that might change. You're looking at the Cowboys. There, there's a few teams, but there's not many that are ahead of the Giants, so that's definitely an interesting one. And then uh, the final kind of bit of news here that we have is right as we're recording, actually, this happened. The Giants signed Kadarius Tony or officially signed him, uh, and $13.7 million guaranteed in his deal. Uh, and that's another thing that people don't talk about when trading down. Obviously, the lower the pick, the less money you have to pay with trading down from 11 to 20, you're saving millions of dollars on the cap. Uh, so that's definitely another thing that you have to keep in mind there. So that's another nice thing. And uh, yeah, that that's just the rest of the Giants news here. I think that's it. 
Yeah, I just saw we're reaching around the 20 minute, 20 minute mark, so uh, we'll speed this up. But just, of course, because I was uh, checking on Amber, what do you get? What did you have? Did you say too high or too low for the PFF ranking of 11? When I'll, I'll go first so you can get your thoughts ready to repeat to me and obviously repeat to the listeners. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm not even uh, here for that. I'm going to say it's too low. I think the Giants wide receiving core is really good this season, and I think they could be higher on this list. Maybe not top five, but I think in the top ten, definitely between that five and ten spot. Go ahead, Alex. What would you say? For anyone listening, what you just heard was exactly the same thing as what I just said. So actually, yes, I agree with you. A little bit too low. Uh, I think five to ten. I said eight or nine is probably the spot where you'd see them realistically. So yes, I completely agree with you. Uh, and then Kadarius Tony, obviously he signed as well. I heard so. that. I was there for that. So that was good. Um, and listen, great minds think alike and look at our chemistry here on the podcast. I didn't even hear you. And we had the same thoughts on that. Um, so that's pretty funny. One other thing that I didn't put, I think I had it in the, whatever. Uh, I'll just go on to it. I think um, Bleacher Report it was, rank the quarterbacks uh, of different teams. Their quarterback situations had the Giants ranked 27th. And too high, too low. I think that's right exactly where the spot that the Giants should be. Have Daniel Jones come in and prove them wrong. Obviously, Alex has pointed out to me many times that I'd like to deny he's one of the best uh, deep passers in the league and was one of the best deep throwers in the league this past season as well. So he just keeps on showing that. Now he's just got to get the short passes and everything in between to work for Daniel Jones. He's got the receivers for it, as we just talked about. Has a uh, PFF rank that they just ranked out of the top 10. 11th is still good out of 32, I'll tell you that much. So let's hope Daniel Jones and this QB staff can move up um, you know, from that 27, 27 spot on the Bleacher Report list. Yeah, let's hope so. And he hopefully will throw a lot more deep balls this year uh, with Kenny Galladay as that deep threat. And hopefully his, you know, shorter passes will be better as well with some more explosive players like Kadarius Tony, who can get big yards after the catch. And uh, yeah, I guess that's the end of our Giants stuff now. Uh, we're going to do our power rankings. I-, I don't know how we're going to do it exactly. So we're going to start from the bottom, obviously, because we're not going to start at the top because that's boring, right? Uh, and hopefully, you know, I-, I don't know exactly where Josh has everyone, but hopefully we don't get to the Giants too quickly. Uh, and so I'm going to start from the bottom. I'm g- let's go three at a time. Does that sound good? Three at a time. Yeah, our plan is just to run through this, um, and then anything important we'll we'll specify. But yeah, we're gonna we'll run stop. through this. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think the three at the bottom for me they're pretty self-explanatory. I've got Detroit at the bottom. They're just absolutely in shambles. Yes, they got Penny so well, but whatever. It doesn't matter if your quarterback's car- just terrible. Um, next, I have Houston. I mean, the Texans have no one besides Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson doesn't look like he will be playing, so they basically are the second-worst team in the league without him. If they had him, maybe they'd be better. And uh, in my 30th position, third to last, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had a pretty decent, okay-ish draft, uh, you know, besides Trevor Lawrence, obviously, who was great for them, but Trevor Lawrence without a good team is not going to be good enough uh, to take them out of that bottom three. I have the same three, uh, just in a different order. I have the Lions as the last team, so I think we agreed on that. Uh, Then I have the Jaguars. I just think this Urban Meyer system is just not working. If Trevor Lawrence, as good of a quarterback as he is, he'll have to show it off, and then we'll see how far they get. Uh, And then the Houston Texans, obviously, up there, just because they have... 
I guess they have a few, they have a few paces. They have a good, you know, little bit of a good wide receiver core there. So we'll have to see. This is the bottom three. It's not that big of a deal. Running to the next three. Um, sorry, Jets fans. Uh, I don't think they'll be too happy about this uh, with the Zach Wilson. I'm interested how far down you have them compared to me. But at 29, my favorite number, actually. So Jets fans, if you like that, there you go. You get my favorite number of 29, 28. Philadelphia Eagles, uh, our NFC East rivals. So I don't know where people rank them, but I don't have them too high. And then Cincinnati Bengals at 27. Obviously, they have that connection now with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. We'll see if they can do that. So I have my favorite Philadelphia Eagles at my 29th position. They're just shocking. It makes me happy. Jalen Hurts won't be good. Hopefully not. I'm praying he won't be good. I mean, I hope he's good if he's on another team, but not the Eagles. Um, and then at 28, I do have the Jets. I think the Jets and the Bengals are in a very similar state, actually. Uh, in terms of their rebuild, I think the Jets, they're kind of interchangeable, but I'm going to have the Jets at 28 and then the Bengals at 27, and that'll be uh, my next three there. And I guess I'll move on to the next next three, or the next three, I don't know how you'd say it. 26, I have Las Vegas. Um, the Raiders, I don't think are, you know, great. I think they're not getting any better. Carr is a good, you know, an average quarterback. They haven't really built around him very well defensively they're shambles uh, I think 26 is a kind of generous spot I know a lot of like the professional ones uh, from you know these analysts on ESPN and whatever had them much higher and like even in the teens I was like what are you talking about I don't think they're that high I have them at 26 25 the newly Sam Darnold Carolina Panthers I think they'll be uh, quite solid this year and I think they'll be 25 I think last year they were probably in a similar position but uh, you know, a lot of these teams have gotten better, and I have the Panthers there at 25. Did I do three? No, I, I got one more. Uh, and then I got the Falcons at 24. If Julio leaves, they're down farther, but Julio is still a Falcon at the moment. Uh, and I think that offense will be quite deadly. I don't know too much about their offensive line, but if they are even average, I think that offense will be very good. Defense, obviously a big question mark for them. 26 for me out of the Broncos. We agree on the Panthers at 25. Raiders, I have 24. So a little bit lower than you do. Um, you know, dropping into almost past the 20s. And the next three for me, Chicago Bears, 23. The Falcons, 22. Like you said, they have an explosive offense still. I know Matt Ryan's a question mark. And then the New York Giants at 21. Um, I think this is a good spot for them. I just, I can't have them within the teens right now. Just not yet. They have to prove it. So for right now, they still stick uh, at, I think, even higher, though, um, or lower, I guess you can say, than a lot of people have. A lot of sources of the big-name sources do have the Giants between that 23 and 27. So I'm giving them a little more credit than they actually are given uh, in the media. All right, so we're not going to hit the Giants yet for me, but at my 23 spot, I have the Vikings. I think they're not going to be great this year. Justin Jefferson, obviously a very good wide receiver. 22, Bears, I think hopefully the Bears will be terrible. Justin Fields there, obviously. Rookie quarterback, never very good. And 21, I have the Denver Broncos. Still no quarterback for the future there, so part of my reasoning for that. But 21 is a nice spot for them, and they got a good secondary. And uh, for my next three here, I'm going to go with the Chargers at 20. I think they, they've improved this offseason, especially on that offensive line. I think they're going to be better. 
Uh, we'll see how Justin Herbert does. Josh and I kind of have different perspectives on him. We always talk about Josh thinks, you know, I'm not going to put words in Josh's mouth, but Josh is much higher on Justin Herbert than I am. Let's just say that. We can talk about that another day. And uh, at 19, I have the Washington football team. And uh, this is a three-division Three divisional rivals right in a row here. Washington football team at 18, I have the New York football giants. Very happy about that. You know, they could be lower. I don't think they could be higher. This is the highest I could have possibly put them, and I put them at the highest I possibly could put them. I think 22 to 18 is a fair range for them. And, uh, yeah, I have them at 18 there. So, for me, my next three, Washington football team at 20, they're just better than the Giants. I think like it's that close. But I think what they did in the offseason in their receiving core and their really, really underrated offensive line, I think, puts them up here. Um, that's something that we have to talk about is their offensive line. I think it's not bad. So they're, they're at 20. Chargers are at 19. Alex mentioned it with Justin Herbert. And then pa- Patriots. No, not the Patriots. Patriots start my next three. But 18, uh, New Orleans Saints. People could disagree with me a little bit, but obviously they have Jameis Winston, and like Justin Herbert, Jameis Winston, another quarterback, Alex and I disagree with. I think he's a turnover machine. I think Alex can agree with that, but he has a little bit higher hopes uh, with Jameis Winston than I do, so I'm interested to see where you have him. But yeah, that, not, whoa, I can't talk. I can't talk, man. Uh, <laughs> Jameis Winston is not Drew Brees. Obviously, Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback. They have Michael Thomas, they have Alvin Kamara, 18, whatever, I'm going to move on, sorry. 17, New England Patriots, yes, I know they upgraded, they got three of the best tight ends in, in the NFL, I'm interested to see how Bill Check does that, but again, Cam Newton didn't really work out for them last year, and we'll have to see how that works, obviously, with the uh, little bit of lengthy, little bit bigger quarterback happening there, we'll have to see when Mac Jones transitions into that number one. Um, and then the next uh, team I have on my list, the Dallas Cowboys, pulling right under the halfway mark, if you would go to 30, so right about that halfway mark um, at 16 of the NFL. And then Vikings, you had them really low. I think the Vikings are good. I think Kirk Cousins, a quarterback that I really like, um, actually, with Kirk Cousins. So I have them at 15. And then you can go, Alex. So at 17, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I can't put them in the top half. They're still the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll get right ahead of the Giants. Hopefully that'll change at the end of the year. 16, I have the Patriots. Like you said, 27 tight ends could be good for them. Uh, And, you know, still very good defense there in New England and obviously Belichick. 15, I have the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're going to be good. I know a lot of people have them much higher. I'm not a big Cliff Kingsbury fan, so that's kind of why I have them lower. Uh, in terms of the rankings here. And at 14, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, an interesting one. Another team that kind of is a weird one. Uh, la- you know, he- they could be top 10, but they're not in my uh, here um, in my list here. I'm not sure about Josh. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but they're definitely an awkward one with Big Ben kind of coming to the end of his uh, reign in Pittsburgh. And at 13, I have the New Orleans Saints. Like you mentioned, Josh, this is probably the most interesting team here. I think the Saints could be as low as 20, and they could be as high as 5, depending on how Jameis Winston does, because they still have a very good defense. They still have an excellent offensive line. They have some pretty decent weapons. Uh, Michael Thomas as well, hopefully, who, who will be better this season. And I think, you know, they could be really good it's all up to Jameis Winston or whoever starts at quarterback, most likely Jameis Winston, uh, uh, to where they're going to rank. That's why I have them smack in the middle 
of where I think they're going to rank. And then that way, I guess we'll see whether they're higher or lower or just bang average on my expectations. Yeah, I have the Cardinals in the top 10, Alex, so I do rank them higher. Uh, I definitely could see that if they add one more player, they have Julio Jones. Imagine if you had DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones on the same team. That would be just insane. But obviously, we'll have to see what they do with Kyler Murray. I've been hearing some stuff about maybe they don't say Kyler Murray run don't run as much. We don't want you to get injured. That'll be a problem because Kyler Murray and his ability and his ability to be extremely elusive um, is just, it really helps the team. He carries the team on offense. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, the connection is a little bit different with Hopkins. But yeah, so anyway, we're not even there yet. 14 Steelers, dead on. I agree with you right there. 13, I have the Dolphins. They could be higher. They have a really stacked roster on paper. We'll have to see how they produce in the NFL. Obviously, that quarterback situation is still a question mark with Tua. Um, 12, the Indianapolis Colts. I remember last year, that was Alex's uh, big thing at the end of the season. He called them the champions of their division. He got that correct. I don't have them in the top 10, but I could definitely see them at 12. Yeah, so for me, at 12, I've got the Titans, um, and I think they're going to be solid this year. And depending if they do get Julio, they'll definitely be higher, but I think they'll still be quite good. 11, I have the Dolphins. I think that's an interesting one as well. They could be top five in the end of the year, or they could be closer to 20. Who knows? I'm going to have them at 11. And uh, at 10, like you said, the Indianapolis Colts, I think they're going to be decent. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to be great, but I do think he'll be better than he was in Philly. Uh, So I'm going to say that. Uh, and that's going to 